0: Inside the game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. So, you and I had the privilege of coaching at the Bridgewater Sports Arena oh years ago. Uh, that's just so everyone know. That's how Bruce has known me a long time. Just everyone, so everyone knows yeah. that. Um, so, let's transition to youth sports um, <laughs> and.
1: I wish we could tell that story, but we can't <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, for another
0: time. <laughs> youth sports today has gotten, I always say it's on steroids 10 times fold. It's, yeah. it's crazy now. It's right. really nuts. How overcoached are kids today and what's lost in youth sports, in your opinion, as a coach and as a parent?
1: Reality. I don't know how everything, but reality, like, um, um, I remember when we were together at the Bridgeport sports arena, um, we started that program and we were, it was unbelievable the things we were able to do. And I was lucky enough to be able to set it up the right way. Um, you remember if we, we had a league, an in-house league, and if team A was beating team B right in the middle of the game, we made a trade. You know what I mean? We took the kid off one team and put team, him, on, put him on the other team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it wasn't, you know, and it wasn't about winning is important, but it was about the development of all those kids. You know what I mean? And, and we were able to do all the right things. And then as our young, as our kids were starting to get better, cause we had some kids, I mean, if you practice every day, you do the right things they're taught the right day, right things they're going to get better. So we had kids Kids are going to
0: improve regardless.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and you remember, we started having the parents, like, we want to travel, we want to do the travel teams in this and that. And I said, I go, I don't want to be involved with any travel teams, maybe the young kids after three years, but it's five years before we're going to start travel. And boom, before they started that travel stuff. And then there was that one group, the rockets or whatever they were called um they were paying a coach god the guy was making more money coaching them than i was making coaching pro hockey um and people were paying phenomenal amounts of money for their kids to play and when you're paying for somebody to play as a parent they're expecting their kid you know what i mean what do you mean my kids not starting on the high school team i spent you know what i mean like yeah you know what i mean and then and It's just, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. What one bit, I don't like the fact that there's a kid, kids playing hockey. Now there's probably, I don't think any of them have ever played a game without a referee. You know what I mean? You know, how many games did you play as a kid growing up? Or did I play as a good, we didn't have a referee. We didn't have a coach. You know what I mean? You
0: played. And uh, do you think there's too much specialization?
1: Yeah. I do.
0: How, how do you break that? How do you say to a parent, look, your child needs to play a couple of sports or three sports just to get them away from doing the specialization? And we had Mike Sullivan, you know, head coach of the Penguins on, and yeah. Mike said one of the things that drives him crazy is when you hear this about a six-year-old like squirt team, they're an elite triple-A travel yeah. team yeah. at six. Yeah. And he said there is no eliteness at six years old.
1: Chris, here's one. <laughs> when at the at the province college hockey camp I had a father okay how old was this kid six seven whatever it was he said my kid played 120 something games last year I was like wow Gretzky got paid eight million dollars and he only played 80 you know what I mean I go so what are you trying to tell me and I used to like my thing, and it's simple math and, and people out there are listening. Okay. If you look at, I'm not sure how long the games are now, because I've been away for a little bit, but they're, they're 45,
0: minutes. they're 15 minute periods or they're okay. 12 minute periods at the younger levels. Okay. So if
1: you got a 15 minute period and you got three units of five, right. On a, on a team. Okay. So in the first 15 minutes, each unit divide that by three, right. You got three units of five. How much ice time is that they're getting in that first period?
0: Probably two minutes, two and a half minutes. If they're looking, no, no, no. what's the
1: math? It might be know, it's not even seven minutes or whatever it is. It's minimal. It's, well, if you got 15 minute periods you divide it by three, what goes into 15 three times? Five. So they got five minutes of ice time in the first period, they got five minutes of ice time in the second period, and they got five minutes of ice time in the third period. So that kid got 15 minutes of ice time in a practice. He's getting, what's an hour now? 50 minutes? Because the zam, they take the Zamboni time yep. out of it. So where's your kid going to develop more in that 50 minutes that he's getting on the ice or the 15? You know what I mean? But mom and dad, they get sold by some guy that's making money. You know what I mean? And to me, that's that's what's wrong with you sports. You know, like take a lesson out of, I don't I don't know, the Dominican Republican baseball. You know what I mean? I don't know, like soccer. To world sport those kids in other countries just play you know what i mean here we gotta it's about making it's about the benjamins i guess you know what i mean so guy that wasn't good enough to play hockey can start a hockey academy and make money you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) there's there's a lot of it out there yeah i know i'm probably saying bad things i'm gonna have guys no just stay free just stay free
0: just stay framed up for me that's all i ask okay yeah okay Um, what should a parent look for with that being said in a sports program for their young kids?
1: Well, number what? one, I think before they even get that far, they need the kid to grab the pant leg of dad or grab you know, mom's pant leg or shirt and say, I wanna do this, not have mom or dad bring the kid to it. I go, that's the first step. Your kid has to show the interest in it. And then if the kid shows the interest and you take them somewhere and when that kid comes home, he's still doing like, if it's hockey, he's shooting pucks in the basement or, you know, he's doing something, he's stick handling in the basement or make him believe he's skating on the linoleum, whatever, whatever it happens to be. Then you know that your kid wants to play. Then you start investigating, you know, picking out a place. And to me, I'm going to pick out a place where it's not dad's coaching, which is very difficult to do. Father's coaching, or if it is a dad coaching, that hopefully the guy has played at a certain level, um, and that guy gets it. You know what I mean? And you eliminate. Uh, it would be nice to play a game, but without the without the scoreboard. You know what I mean? But you can't. You know, I don't know. Play on the pond. You keep. You don't even remember what the score is. You just keep playing.
0: You keep playing. Yeah. yeah.
1: So. But for it, I think, you know, I'm, I'm looking, first of all, what's the what's the uh, mission statement of that youth, youth organization? What's their goals? You know what I mean? Um, what are they trying to accomplish? You know what I mean? Don't sell me on the fact that if my kid plays for you, he's going to get a scholarship to do division one school. You know what I mean? Sell, sell me on the fact that that experience for my kid's going to be a positive one. You know what I mean? Like everything, the game, off the ice, everything they do off the ice and that kind of stuff too. And I think we do a pretty good job in hockey that I think our kids are pretty good kids for the most part.
0: What should a high school kid get out of playing sports?
1: What should they get out of it? Yeah. I think it has to be educational for sure. Um, But enjoyment, you have to have fun. You know what I mean? Like, like Chris, I have no idea what it would have been, what that, what it's like for that kid that never gets a chance to go in and play. You know what I mean? I don't know what that would, I, I I don't know if I could do it, you know, just to be on the team and be on the sideline or be on the bench and never get a chance to play unless it's that much fun to be part of that. You know, and I said, what should, I, what should a high school kid get out of sports in the high school? Joy. You know what I mean? Pure joy. Should be fun. Should never be a minute where it's not fun. If there is a minute that it's not fun, go do something else. So, you know what I mean? But,
0: when you're developing of players at the youth level yeah and you have let's say a couple of kids who are really good and you have a bunch of kids that are yeah they're not there yet mm-hmm. how does that how do you handle that delicate balance you know how do you how do you have let's say you have three really good players it could be any sport i'm not just yeah. talking hockey i'm talking it could be soccer it could be basketball right, right. Um, you have three kids are, who are very good but then let's say the rest of them they're not there yet they haven't you know, developed because you know, uh, kids develop at different levels right no question no question i think how, do you, it... how do you keep that how do you keep that balance so the, the the really good kids kind of elevate the kids that are not as good as them yet but will catch up because you know you can have a 12 year old who's a great player in a sport but this may be it for him or her oh, yeah. and, and this this yeah. and then and the kid who's 12, who's like the six man, let's say on the basketball team or is like playing defense and soccer, he or she develops and mm-hmm. surpasses this kid. Mm-hmm. How do you keep that balance so you don't lose that kid who could be really good for you? Um,
1: you mean the kid, the kid that's not that good
0: at the time? At that time, yes. What are some like strategies that you've seen that you've used that, that have worked in that regard? I think I think that.
1: Even though that kid's not that good, I think if you if the that kid has the intangibles that you you the balance is you treat him the same way you treat the the three guys and you have him playing with those three guys all the time because it's going to force him to play better. You know, like the old saying in golf, you know, when you, it seems like you play better when you play with better players. Okay. So my philosophy is I want that kid with the best players, but when it comes to practice and in competition, if you have three kids that are really good and you have six that are just so, so well, the three play against the six, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And sooner or later, it's going to be four playing against five. You know what I mean? If you keep, if you keep doing it and you keep, your practices where the kids are improving every day. And I guess the whole thing will balance itself out. You know, I, it's kind of funny. Um, my kid was a very competitive tennis player and um, I was out in California at a big youth tournament and I was sitting next to Andrea Agassi's dad at the tournament. And I was kind of making excuses for my son saying it's tough. We live in a little small town and there's no competition for him. OK, he's out on the tennis court playing against men and whatever it is. I said, but, you know, I don't want him to not be around his peers, his friends, the guys, his age and play, because I think it's important. He goes, so have him play against two, have him play against three, have him play against four. You know what I mean? So I guess that's how you can balance it out. So now the four kids playing against the one are
0: trying to beat him. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right? you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it builds, it builds him up. Yeah. So you, uh, you you recruited when you were in college. Yep. And I'd like to talk about with you, um, what should a young man or a woman look for in a school when they're being recruited in sports? What are some of the things that you think are important that have never changed over time that they should be aware of looking it, at a school?
1: I think it, de- it depends on the level of the kid. You know what I mean? Like um, if I'm a can't miss guy for the NHL, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a school that's going to prepare me that one year I'm going to play there or whatever it is, the best to make that step in the NHL. And usually that kid's not making that choice anyway. Somebody's making it for him. Um, but to me, I mean, that's that 1% again. You know what I mean? So my advice
0: to a kid picking a school, pick a school that, of a school you, you want to go to. You know what I mean? Um, is there things they should look for in that school? Like, do they fit on the campus? You know, I mean, Bill Guerin said to me that he goes, walk onto the campus and see if you fit in. Let's say, let's say you're there the first day and you blow out your knee or you get injured or you get sick and you can't play anymore, but you want to stay at that school. Do you fit in? Do you look like the kids? Do you? Does it you know, make sense to me? You have to look at those, all those intangibles. That but are what,
1: what's funny about Bill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that was the case, he picked the wrong school. <laughs> you know what I mean? So
0: he told me he thought. liked BC. I mean, I just, I'm just going, you know, he thought, he thought BC was the right fit for him.
1: So. And that's, and that's awesome. But I'm saying to myself, I know where he came from. Okay. And if he thought he'd fit in <laughs> no, my son with the to BC too. <laughs> my son fits in the BC, but I don't know. Uh I no, I I yeah, that's a great answer. Um I also look at the uh the experience. Like um I had a daughter that went to the University of Georgia and she wanted to go to Providence and she wanted to go to Villanova and Boston University, and I pushed. I thought her educational experience would be better at the University of Georgia, reason being there were 35,000 students, you know what I mean? Um, you got people from all over the world, you got people from different social classes, you know what I mean? Versus, so like if you're gonna fit in, you should be able to fit in there because there's all walks of life where if, if I was gonna go to Harvard, I'm not sure if I would fit in. Well, no, Harvard, it wouldn't be fair to, to pick on like something like Harvard. Uh, the Ivy's their own separate thing, but maybe the Ivy wannabes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like if I was going to Williams or something like that, I don't know. You know like what Bill Guerin said fit in. I just think it's got to be a, number one, you are interested in studying. Okay. Um, does that school offer that? Right. And um, that should be, that should be one of the main reasons. Um, when you go on your recruiting trip, like Bill said, if you weren't playing hockey there, would you fit in? But unfortunately, when you go on your recruiting trips, you get your butt kissed. You know what I mean? Like you get wine and dine when you go. And um, one of the things I do know about Providence College is it was none of that. It was just, it is what it is.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Here it is. Here's the cafeteria. You know, that's it. We ate
1: in a, the calf. And then when, when, uh, when I was showing a recruiter on when I was playing, Louis would give us like 40 bucks, like, Make sure you take the kid somewhere to get him
0: something to eat. Oh, God.
1: But, no, I didn't do a good job of answering that question because I I really don't, like I said, I don't know. I picked where I went to school. I picked it out because of hockey. And I didn't even, the education side was it for me. I didn't even, well, I wanted to be an architectural engineer well they don't have that at premise oh well what else do they have you know what i mean you know general studies uh oh i'll get a general studies degree liberal arts degrees i'm going there to play hockey because i'm gonna play in the nhl you know what i mean but you know that's not the right way to do it so but nowadays you're picking so different even from the time you were in school chris look how many schools there are with programs now you know i think uh my senior year in college, which would have been 1979, I think we had 18 teams in the ECAC, and the WCHA might have had eight or 10. That was it. You know what I mean? Now there's, what, 71? Uh, 71, 72, yeah. Yeah, you know, so you do have choices. And if, if you're not going to a D1 school, there's so many great – d3 if you want to say it now so. to me that's the best that's the best level of college sports d3
0: you know
1: what i mean no scholarships
0: yes yeah. it's all fair yeah. so they say it's like, yeah whatever yeah. yeah yeah i always like to end with these two questions what's the best piece of advice that was ever given to you who gave it to you and do you still use it today
1: yes um Yes, yes, yes. All right. I mentioned it before, um, you only get one chance to make a first impression. Okay. Use that every day of my life, every single day, though I'm not in hockey. Now I use it in my, in my work, you know, my work experience every day, when it comes to hiring people, um, that person only gets that one chance to make the first impression on you you only get one chance to make a first impression on the person, you know, like I'm, I'm in sales now. So my first meeting with that person, I only get one, one shot at that. You know what I mean? And, um, um, that, that has been an unbelievable lesson. Another thing I got from Lou was, uh, it's all about winning. Okay. Um, it is, you know what I mean? Um, unfortunately it is. Um, and I use that, To a point to a point um and then other i'm just trying i I, it's almost those are the two things that i use probably every day that stick in my mind yeah and then always uh don't treat every i mean everybody is uh everybody's equal but different you know what i mean like from a coaching standpoint you treat everybody the same but different if that makes any sense you know (laughs) And the other the other thing in sports is build a bank account. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> you know, like you could go in to see the coach. How come I do this and you yell at me, but Chris doesn't? You don't yell at me. <laughs> I'm the coach. And you say Chris got a bigger bank account. What I mean is, as, as an athlete, as a player, you've earned that. You got respect. Your bank your bank account's bigger than that guy's. That's why I yell at you and I don't yell at Chris. So build the bank account. What does
0: failure teach you? What does failure teach you?
1: I've only failed once at something I attempted, but that I honestly gave that, you know what I mean? Gave it all, but at the end I didn't. Okay. I let my guard down a little bit and failed. And what it taught me is I've been carrying a grudge for 15 plus years. Okay. And I am, and I lost confidence in myself. Um, have you ever been fired? Yes. Okay. But were you fired from something that you were giving it your all? Yes. Um, and there was no real, okay. So you, you know that feeling and, and failure to me there's two, there's two ways. It's either like I'll show them or I'm going to come back stronger or it's going to, and it's going to carry with you for a long, long time. And unfortunately for me, probably the reason why I'm not in the game anymore is because I've never overcome that failure. And it's, you know, I can be, I can be honest when I'm self-evaluating, you know, um, I lost my confidence because something, I was on top of the world at the level that I was at and all of a sudden, it got pulled from me. And I was like, it's not, this isn't right. It's not my fault this happened. And, it, and at the end of the day, it was my fault because I wasn't strong enough to stand up for myself and say, no, I don't want this player. I don't want that player. You know what I mean? I, I allowed myself to fail. And I've never recovered from that. But what it should have taught me is what you learn is don't allow that ever to happen again. So I think if I was ever back coaching again, it would, that would never, <laughs> or if you're going to take a job, you're going to take a job. That's the right job. And that's my mentor who was Lou. He always, he said he wasn't going to go to the NHL unless it was the right thing. Cause he was, you know, the Bruins talked to him a little bit about coaching. Um, I think he had some other opportunities, but he said, I'm not going to the NHL until it's the right, right thing. And when he went to the devils, he was in charge. Of everything, you know what I mean. It was his show, just like it was at Providence College, and um, he wouldn't take a job. I don't, I mean, I don't. I, what I did learn from him is he, you're not going to why take a job that you're not in control. If you can't be in control of what you're doing, then what are you? You know what I mean? Mm. You know. And as coaches, we always say that to people: only worry about what you're in control of. You know what I mean?
0: Inside the game, brought to you by. Flex coach and Flex coach VR